Hey guys, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian. I get to chat with someone who's really cool. Probably one of our first supporters of the podcast back when we were still Adrian and Atlas Have Issues. He is the host. Um, I guess you were the, are you the creator or the co-host, I guess you want to say, of Amish Baby Machine? Well, that's uh, that's the problem. Apparently I was the host and then Jeff was the co-host and he got upset. So we're now stars Okay, so I'll put it that way. <laughs> all right, well, all right, because I didn't want to say, like, oh, he's the creator and the host next, you know, like, you know, Jeff puts me on blast on your show, and then it starts, like, a whole beef going on. But um, I, I think it's kind of an Edison-Tesla thing. <laughs> Ooh, good call. But he has taken time, I guess, are you in the... Are you in the barn, I guess, or are you in the bunker? Because, all right, first off, these guys have a really awesome yet weird premise for their show. But I'll introduce them. This is Dags from the Amish Baby Machine Podcast. Dags, how you doing, man? Good, how are you? Hello, hello, friends out there in cyberspace. Yeah, I remember this was not too long after we started Agent and Atlas Have Issues. We had like gotten a follow from a podcast like Amish Baby Machine. I'm like, what the hell kind of name is that for a show? But the thing is, that name is kind of what got my attention. So I'm just curious, how the hell did that, like, you know, how did that all get started? The name is completely normal. I don't know what your problem is. Because, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the shows, it's like, oh, hey, we're two dudes who talk movies or comics. But I guess the Amish angle is something that, while I don't necessarily dislike, it's just, you obviously, it's a little unique, to say the very least. <laughs> so you've obviously listened to the show. We It's basically just stream of consciousness. So the name doesn't really mean anything. It's just us being goofy. Right, but what is also know is that you, the fact that you actually committed to it, you know what I mean? Like, it could have just been a weird name, but yet you really go by that premise. So, I, I don't know. I just think it's really, really awesome. We may or may not be Amish. I'm starting to think you might actually be because, granted, I I know so little about you guys. So, I mean, anything that you could be making up saying, oh, we're stream of conscious could easily be the actual truth. <laughs> it's like it's like bizarro land, yeah. Up is down, left is right. <laughs> so I'm always interested when the few times I've had other podcasters on the show kind of getting into the origins and what made them want to, like, do a podcast. So kind of where does it start for you? Like, did you come up with the concept or did you and uh, your co-host Jeff one day decide, like, well, let's just start bullshitting in front of microphones. Well, we've always uh, bullshitted, as you say. <laughs> we've always talked, and I've always dug the pop culture, movies, uh, TV, comic books, you name it. The comic books, I haven't, I haven't read them in a while, so I, I know the basic, you know, the basic Marvel universe, but I couldn't tell you anything what's going on today except what I hear hear about. So basically, it's just us talking about pop culture. We love everything about America, so we talk about it. And we like to share it and through memes, through you know tweets, through everything. That's basically what the show's about. See, now I'm curious, though, because now you're saying you don't know, like I guess, as far as what's going on in Marvel Comics, because now I'm really going to pick your brain. So what was, like, let's say, the last thing you read, I guess, in-depth as far as comic books go? I was into The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, not as much Peter Parker Spectacular. That'll tell you how old I am. So Holy I, shit. <laughs> I, I dug those two... Uh, books um x-men um avengers not so much i mean i appreciate the avengers but there's so many other cool books i mean i liked obscure stuff like marvel two and one with the thing that was my favorite i, I like two and ones those are yeah. awesome yeah i like i always like stuff unfortunately that's not worth any money you know it's always like i mean i dug the hulk and everything and 
I probably had issue 181 with the Wolverine, but uh, <laughs> I couldn't find it if I did. And the other thing about comic books, I actually read them. I wasn't a collector, so I beat the shit out of them. You know how <laughs> you know how now you got to buy like three. I got to have three copies. One's got to be encased in carbonite, and you know I just I. Oh, so you don't get like the CGC graded, like the 9.0 with like the, the, the glass casing behind it and like the yeah. laser grid? And, I, and I'm old. They didn't even have that back then. Back then it was just good, very good, fine, near mint. That's how they graded them. That's so funny. But yeah, I see. I'm like that too as far as comics because what's the point of spending all this money to have them really? I mean, granted, there's some stuff that's cool to have on a shelf to say you have like a first edition, but... Yeah, mine are kind of beat the crap. Like, I'll read them. There's folds in them. There's, like, creases. There's probably, like, potato chip grease, like, you know, embedded in the book. So, I mean, thankfully, the few times I've actually, you know, hung out with collectors, like, they hate me. Like, they think I'm scum. How, how could you not have a crease in a comic book? I mean, that means, literally, how could you open it without creasing it? I don't understand that. So, yeah, I never understood that that whole thing about having everything mint and wearing a space suit and touching it with gloves and... So, yeah, I I totally agree with you. So, the one thing about your show I always dug, I've noticed you guys have sort of been branching out a little bit as far as, like, the stand-up comedy. Is there already necessarily, like, a like anything else you guys are going to be doing pretty soon on your show as far as, you know, bringing on new content? Because the one thing about Amish Babe Machine is you guys kind of stick to a very condensed show. Like, I guess it's, what, barely even goes over 40 minutes? Yeah, it's typically 30 minutes. It has to do with real life, too. We're juggling a lot of stuff, so we like to shoot out, like, two shows a week that are a good half hour. Some, I mean, some guys can afford to sit and bullshit for two hours, but I, I appreciate that, too, that, you know, the long podcast. But for us, it just works out better. And in, in, in a perfect world, I'd like to do an hour show, two-hour show. But right now, we're shooting out two half-hour shows a week, and it's working out pretty well. Yeah, because it's pretty interesting how that works. So are, do you actually just record... I guess, just the two half hours, or do you just kind of, you know, shove an hour, then just sort of split it up, and then just release them separately? We record two half-hour shows independently. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little jealous, though, because part of me, it's like, wow, I would love to try to do something that's, you know, that condensed, but unfortunately, I start rambling, and it just keeps going off in these weird places. Well, trust me, I mean, like when I say stream of consciousness, I, I go off on more tangents than, I mean, unbelievable, I just go, oh, I like cheese, and cheese is in comic books and movies, and yeah, so you got to take it all the way back to the point. <laughs> so I, I I, totally understand that. Well, I guess that's why it works with you and Jeff, because I guess, you know, he's, I imagine he's more the technical, like, you know, he's the one that sort of, kind of like the glue, so to speak, because I guess you, like me, will go off on ridiculous tangents, which will, are funny to us, but at this point, I don't even care if anyone else digs it. I always do. I always do. Well, I feel he's the boring thinking one, and I'm I'm more of the creative artist type. So I, I don't believe in limits. I don't believe in catalytic converters on cars. I don't believe in gallbladders on people. I, I just like it streamlined. <laughs> And I have to ask the one question I'm sure everybody else is asking. Will there ever come a day where Pacey Adam will have a microphone? Uh, it's funny you said that. Uh, shameless plug. We are looking for crowdfunding. We do have our Patreon page. And hopefully you can give a shout out to that later on the show. Basically, yes, we're uh, we're saving up. We're, we're running actually off a Craigslist computer. And we got a um, bunch of odd microphones all wired together in the barn. So, yes, 
we do want him to have a microphone. He's actually a really a funny dude. So, and he does a lot of the behind scene comedy. So, yeah, I'd love to get him on the mic. Yeah, because I, I there's this weird weird running gag I guess with the, on the show where every so often you'll catch Pasty Adam looking up something weird like what was it like the uh, the, the gallon drum of lube, fifty five the- gallon drum, and that's not even a joke. He was literally <laughs> looking at that uh, cucumber vibrator. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't make that shit up. That's real. <laughs> And David, by the, oh, by the way, like, by the way, can I swear on your show? Yes, absolutely. All right, I swear all the you. fucking time. Yeah, he's uh, he's an odd duck. I'm like, how did you guys? I mean, I I feel so bad asking this question. So how did you guys even like hook up with Pacey Adam? Because it definitely doesn't like. Was it one of those things that he just kind of like auditioned, or do you guys actually know him like in real life? We know him in the the RL, the real life. Oh, see, if but I knew I, that, then I would have probably auditioned to be a uh, Google boy or have you. Oh man, the more the merrier. We're always looking for uh, people. We're always looking for content. We're we're kind of like a a happy Borg. Well, I don't say Borg. A Borg assimilates. We're more like like even our website. I don't know if you've been checking that out. We got the Amish Drifter on there. Laura La Amish. Basically, anyone that wants to contribute can. It's I mean, it's just an open forum just to have a good time. Awesome. Yeah, I've really been digging the um, the Amish Moms Be Like segments. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, she's hilarious. I'm. We're really lucky to have her on. So, what is next for Amish Baby Machine? In, in what sense? I don't know. Like, because I, I guess it's one thing about a lot of podcasts where I know some people are just kind of content to just, you know, just doing a show, having a little bit. I know some are looking to maybe expand, become like an actual brand of sorts. But do you guys see yourself? I don't know, taking over. I guess turning everything Amish. It's it's all about pop culture. So everything that has to do with pop culture, we love comedy, we love stand up like you're talking about. We love music, everything. So if if I had to put it in one one term, it would be pop culture, definitely. I don't want to limit I don't want to limit it to just um stand up or just indie music or just but at the same time you don't want it too, you know, too broad. But I would say the pop culture podcast definitely well that's the thing though well i guess it doesn't go too broad however part of me kind of does wish that maybe every so often to do like a bonus even if it was like the patreon where you actually do go into like the occasional full hour show even if it's just for like supporters like here you go as a bonus here you get like the like you know the full experience because there are so so many cases where you'll get into this really awesome discussion and that at 10 times there's something really nerdy that jeff brings up it's like just as it's getting good i'm looking at the time i'm like oh no they're not going to be able to finish this conversation yeah i appreciate that yeah jeff is uh pasty at them too they're super bright dudes so they're i mean they get into they know the details about um science um every, everything you want to talk about and i'm uh i know a little bit about everything and I'm more of, you know, I will rant about food. But then again, Jeff gets into food. So, yeah, we get into some cool conversations. And, yeah, down the pike, I would like to get some more content. That's a great idea. Maybe on Patreon or something, get to rap a little more. And eventually maybe even get on uh, get on the camera, too. We do have the, the YouTube channel that's in its kind of just right now. It's basically just got a couple of videos on there. I just put a new one on. But that's something to expand. We got uh, we got some uh, new uh, actor on our Vine videos. So, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We appreciate that. 
Well, any more um, guest hosts? Because I did really love the episodes with Uncle Dude, who's pretty awesome. Yeah, thanks. Uncle Dude is great. I mean, he's he's another dude that's probably got an IQ of a buck sixty and just photographic memory, and he he knows everything about food and fine living, as I say. So yeah, I'd love to have him back on. The goal is with the Patreon too. I'd I'd like to get a a, a mobile recorder, some sort of MP3 thing we can take out in the field. I'd like to hit up the comic cons and stand up and get some stuff on the road. The problem is right now with the barn, you know, we're pretty limited. We can't even take in Skype calls right now. We don't have a board yet. So we did Skype kind of, we patched it in through the phone and it didn't work out that well. We could only get one mic. So like me and Jeff couldn't go back and forth. It would just be me, just me or just him. So yeah, down the line, we love to get uh, Uncle Dude back on. I don't know if you ever heard Dan Simon was on there and we've had some other people. So yeah, we'd love to get some new guests. Well, actually, since we've been talking about your Patreon, where's the actual like link to that? Um, I know you talk about it on your show, but I guess for those of you who may not know. If you go to um, our webpage, which is www.amishbabymachine.com, right on the front page there, there'll be a link. There's a video you can watch of a fine young lady. And then on the bottom, there'll actually be an icon, too. You can click on that, and that'll take you right to our Patreon page. Awesome. And by the way, I have to I blame you for getting me hooked on Mr. Mister. Oh my god. Don't even get me started on the eighties. See that's that's <laughs> the one thing I'd love to have you on because Jeff Jeff and Adam their knowledge of the eighties because they're younger dudes, I mean they don't know I mean they know a couple of the songs, but I could go on and on. And then Pasty Adam always drives me nuts because he'll be like, I wasn't even born yet. When I'm like, well, yeah, I, I mean, it's like, yeah, I know who Abraham Lincoln was and I wasn't born yet. Just because you weren't <laughs> born yet doesn't mean you, you can't know the 80s music. Right? But I guess that's the thing, though. Now, I mean, I'm telling myself because I'm only 30, but at the same time, music, especially 80s music, was so big in my house because that was something we always bonded on where the family would literally just sit around and just playing various records. So I kind of didn't have a choice. Well, if you want to geek out about 80s music, go ahead because I'm ready. Awesome. Well, I don't know. Like I said, for some reason, I've been. I was in a deli the other day, and um, it wasn't even Broken Wings. I think it actually was Kyrie that came on, and I was like, "Damn you, Amish Baby Machine!" Because now every time I hear an '80s song, I have to go back and listen to make sure it wasn't already one of your songs of the day. Oh, I love that song. I mean, that is that when that when that keyboard bass comes in, and the, then the, you know just the crash of the cymbal when it gets in. Oh man, yeah. If that song doesn't get you going, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I was born on pretty much synthesizers and drum machines, so anytime I can get both of those, you know, it's always a good one. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Gary Newman. I love synthesizers. I love, yeah. What what other bands did you dig that had the keyboards? Oof, that's tough. Well, see, there's a lot of bands who didn't start out with them, but then kind of adopted. Like, for instance, I have this fight all the time with people I know because as far as on what the hell is the one band, Toto. You know, you know, they started off, you know, in the 70s, but then come to the 80s, like everybody else, they opted for, you know, synthesizers. So, of course, in like Rosanna, there's like this big sweeping keyboard oh, solo yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you not love this? And then, um, yeah, what what else has, uh, did, uh, just a- Africa's got a keyboard solo too, right? Yeah. I mean, Africa's all right. I guess that's kind of the go-to, but for some reason, like, it doesn't have that same punch with Rosanna because oh. it still has, like, that really good guitar. I love Rosanna, yeah. 
And I love Roseanne Arquette, so that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How about Hold the Line? That was a good one by Toto, too. Oh, Hold the Line was pretty good. Well, see, well, that one, was that still a keyboard or was that a piano? That was, I can't well, remember. They, yeah, that was more of a, I would say that was more of their, yeah, they're a more hard rock and transition into that, yeah. But you're right, Roseanne was probably the one with the coolest keyboard solo. And then and then the keyboard solo didn't go right into a guitar solo then, right? Right, yeah. and that's what, kind of what made that cool because I know everybody complains like, oh, in the 80s, you know, they, you know, everybody threw away their guitars and picked their keyboards. And I'm like, no, well, Toto brought them all and they had both. Yeah, Rush. I'm a huge Rush fan, so. Oh, God, yeah. Rush. Um, shit, I was in the bar earlier today and um, was it closer to the heart started playing and someone was like running to the jukebox to turn it off. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You should have called me up. I would have <laughs> came down. <laughs> I would have went all roadhouse on him. <laughs> I, I kind of realized, I don't know if you had this issue where if you've ever been to like a bar out someplace where you deliberately flood a jukebox with deliberately cheesy 80s music to piss off the patrons. That is that is cool. I, I always, my problem is I always, it was always stacked up when I went up there to put in requests. There was always like a million songs ahead of me. So that was kind of annoying. But that is, that is cool. What would be on your playlist? All right. Well, it. Rush, even though they're good, unfortunately the song lanes kind of like wear out a little bit. So you gotta go something really cheesy, like um shit. What is the song? Oh, this is gonna kill me now. Like um, the one that drives people crazy is um Lies 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 by um Thompson, Thompson Twins. Twins. I love the Thompson Twins. Yep. That one goes nuts. Who else is it? Um, you can't go wrong with the uh, Ninety Nine Left Balloons. Yeah. You, so you like the German version or the English version? Oh, this is tough. You got to go German. Really? I personally prefer the German version. I can't sing along to it, but for some reason it just sounds cooler. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool. And that's got a cool uh, keyboard bass line. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that's cool. However, I didn't realize there was a lot of songs between that and like the safety dance where like there were all these songs that were secretly protest songs about nuclear war, which kind of depresses me a little bit. Oh, that's funny you said that. Um, um, the, by Timbuk3. You know, the feature's so bright, i got to wear shades. That's yeah. exactly what that song's about. And he's talking about wearing shades because you have to shield yourself from the, from the you know, the flash of the nuclear explosion. Wow. But everyone... How did I miss Yeah, that? but everyone thought that song was about, you know, it's America and, you know, it's, a, you know, Reagan and making 50000 a year, buy a lot of beer. But it was actually, yeah, the guy that made it was all pissed because it was like a protest song. And everyone was using it as like their graduation song because it was so kick-ass, you know? I realize that happens a lot with 80s songs where I'm sure halfway through, hell, what was, even though it's not 80s, um, what's the band, the, was it Chumbawamba? Like the song Tum Thump? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, they're like a big, you know, political-based band. And I'm like, I never would have guessed that. Well, that song was weird, too, because, you know, I had that I get knocked down and I get up again, kind of like that Who Let the Dogs Out where the first part of the song is really cool. Right. Kind of like, uh, you know, the Jeremiah was a bullfrog, and that went into a whole other song. <laughs> Which I didn't even realize who let the dogs out was actually just about a song about really ugly women at a club. <laughs> wow. And then I went back and thought about it. Where I mean, that's what I was told. I mean, I don't know the truth, so, I mean, if anyone listening gets offended, that's those aren't my words. But I had to then go back and actually, you know, listen to the song to go through. And But what would you say is actually, because I know... As much as we talk about the eighties music you love, what is actually one of the eighties songs that you either don't like or you think is overrated? 
anything when uh, like top forty when they do eighties, it's typically Bon Jovi, Madonna. That eighties to me is overdone. I like more of the new wave eighties. The deeper cuts, you know, I like Haircut One Hundred, Love Plus One. I like uh, Icicle Works, you know, uh, Whisper to a Scream, that kind of stuff. Ooh, that's a good one. That, oh, the drums on that are insane. Yeah. Uh, I like When in Rome, The Promise. I mean, there's a lot of them. But if I go 80s, and a lot of people throw on the hair bands, and to me, that's late 80s. And to me, I, I typically, when I like 80s, I, it's pretty much the new wave. But I dig it all. Yeah, I'm trying to think about that. Um, But what's the one? Oh, God, I'm going to tell myself here. I know, even though he went past the 80s, but to tell you the truth, I know being from New Jersey, it's something of a faux pas. But I really don't like Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen is one of those type of dudes that is talented. We actually gave away one of the albums on our giveaway, The River. He's a very talented dude, but he's not necessarily my cup of tea. But I appreciate it. There's like a lot of country acts that I'm not into, but you know they're talented dudes. Yeah, like, I mean, he's still doing shows like, you know, full tilt, even though he's like got one foot in the grave. So I respect the hustle. Yeah, and, and he's a hell of a songwriter. That. He that is a too. great songwriter. So, yeah, I give him props for that. And Born in the USA, that, that album is pretty kick-ass. That's, that's kind of like his, you know, his... He had ones before, obviously ones after, but that's that's kind of like the quintessential one to me. Oh, wait a minute, though. That's going back to, like, songs that are, you didn't realize the meaning. That's another one where, like, a lot of politicians will use that song and not realize that it's actually, like, you know, a lot of satire where, you know... Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, oh, it's yeah. not as pro America no, as he no, makes it out to be. No, you're right. But the thing is, a lot of pretty much everyone—well, not everyone—but a lot of artists are left of center. And if people get hung up on either way, if someone's right wing or left wing, if they got hung up on art doing that, I mean, it would just be. So I, I, I try to separate that. Sometimes it's hard to, do, but it's, sometimes you just got to enjoy the art. It's also, I talk about like a lot of times, like just people, like a lot of people are into certain books. And, and I said, if you met that dude in real life, you know, that wrote that book, he'd be someone you wouldn't want to hang around with, but he's definitely a talented dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Edgar Allan Poe or something, you know, I mean, that'd be a weird dude, but you can appreciate his art. So I try to, I try to stay out of the politics with the music. I just try to enjoy it. Oh, so you weren't one of the ones that were, like, waving flags during, um, what the heck was it? So I guess that means you're not really a big fan of, what the hell is the one song, like, you know, We Are the World, like, the, the Live Aid, the Band-Aid kind of stuff? Yeah, that Christmas song, I did like that, uh, um, uh, Do They Know It's Christmas? That is I, I like that just for the fact, I mean, God, that had everyone on there. It had, uh, I love Duran Duran, so I had Simon LeBon, it had, you know, Boy George, it, I mean, that was killer. So I have to ask, um, even I can't remember if you talked about it on the show or not because my memory sucks, but feelings about Wham. George Michael? Isn't yes. it weird, Wham, no one can remember the other dude? It's like, who's in Wham? It's George Michael and... What is it, Andrew something? See what I'm saying? What is his name? Oh, shit. I can't remember his name. And like, I feel bad because I feel like that guy is still like, were you in Wham? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you want your fries with Yeah, that at least Hall and Oates, you know, the- you knew their names, you know. It's all oh, the dude with the mustache, yeah. But yeah, no, I actually, uh, Wham, Wham, George Michael is awesome. I mean, say what you want, he's a hell of a singer. Yeah, I guess there's this weird sort of backlash, even among like 80s fans whom 
I guess there's certain acts like, you know, Wham! or like Tears for Fears or people are like, you know, that stuff sucks. And I'm like, well, where did all this come from? So I'm like, I'm always curious to hear how people feel about that. And I also reached a point, too, where I tried tried stop stop trying to figure out why people like stuff or don't like stuff. They just like it or they don't like it. Because, you know, a lot of people get all hung up. Oh, how can you like Boy George? He sucks. Well, obviously, people like him. Or One Direction, you know, they like him. So just stop trying to figure it out. Just, you know what I mean? (laughs) You don't, I just try to appreciate everything. Like I said, like country music, there's a lot of it I don't like, but at the same time, I just like, it's cool if you dig it. Well, I'm starting to realize the older I get, I guess the less hung up I get about it. But to me, I've always felt there's really no such thing as a bad genre of music. I just think there's a lot of crappy performers. Oh, sure. I mean, even when you go to disco, you know, people, that's like the ultimate one to hate. But, I mean, the Bee Gees, they were awesome. I don't care what you say. I mean, that Saturday Night Live soundtrack. I mean, Saturday Night Live, yeah. The, um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a big yeah. laughing at you, of course. Not feel like an asshole. But, I mean, Saturday Night Fever, that soundtrack. I mean, that was an awesome soundtrack. And it was disco. You really can't beat that. No. I mean, in the beats they had, like, You Should Be Dancing. I mean, that had some funky beats. Jive Talking. There's a lot of that stuff. I loved it. Oh, and what's the one um, Andy did? Uh, oh, yeah. Dancing? Oh, oh, that, yeah. That, oh, that bass line song is oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, you know, if I was, I'd be cutting the shit out of that and sampling that. I mean, some of those bass lines are insane. I guess that's just it, though. You know, I, I guess maybe if it'd be a different story if I, you know, let's say grew up in that era. And, of course, you know, you go back to that point where it's like the heyday where it's like, you know, you go to that weird phase where you look back and it's like, oh, that was so stupid. But then, like, the further away you are from it, like, the better it is. Like, for instance, of course, growing up in the early 90s, you know, I loved, like, you know, the grunge era, you know, Nirvana and Soundgarden and stuff like that. And there was this weird time where people, like, really crapped on it. Like, oh, man, that was such a terrible time in music. But then you realize those were the guys who were probably into hair metal. So that's probably why they're upset because that kind of, like, you know, stopped that train. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's really weird, too. Like you said, they grew up listening to something else. And it's kind of weird, too. Like, if you listen to whatever band you're into, they're influenced by something you totally wouldn't think so. It's so I, you know, it, it all, it all gets interwoven. It's all, you're right. The older you get, you're like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Just enjoy what you like. Like, we'll get some sort of giant bomb show where we'll find out in a year or so that Metallica is heavily induced by uh, the Bee Gees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it'll just blow everybody's minds. Like, like every metalhead's, like, their, their brains will explode. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Or if you you get your headphones up too loud and people are hearing you listening to Boy George and like oh fail, <laughs> no, there's no fail to listening to Boy George. No, I'm sorry. The- like I I was actually quite excited when I found out that they were supposedly reforming the Culture Club, but now I'm hearing that might actually might not happen. Oh really? I wonder if he can hit those high notes still because he yeah that dude had a voice. I don't know. That's the thing, because I know he had a solo album, but I don't think he, anything on that album was even remotely close to those notes from back in the day. And then also you got to think about the producers, like whoever produced that album. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of it, but he was awesome. I mean, that was a tight album. But that actually brings up an interesting point because looking back at, you know, the 60s and 70s and 80s and maybe even the early 90s, what made a lot of the performers weren't necessarily just the singers, but there was like kind of like those legendary producers whom, you know, when you had a name, you know, you knew the sound. And I don't know, maybe I'm not looking into it enough, but is it me or does it feel like there are no real, like, epic producers like there used to be? Well, who, I mean, who's putting together all the 
you know, like uh, Pharrell and all that, are they putting together their own stuff or do they have their own dude or how does that work? Well, I know Pharrell was a producer. I mean, I don't know if he still produces that for other people because I know he was one who was pretty popular. I know, I know, of course, you know, going back to Kanye West, but I know he started out as one. So he had a few guys who were doing that. But if you're thinking about it, I can't really think other than Pharrell. I can't really name any other producer at the moment who. Yeah, I mean, is like is uh, Little John? Does he produce? I definitely know he's a hype man, but I, Lord, I don't even know if he's actually seen the back behind of a. I mean, like uh, Timbaland. Timbaland makes all the beats and stuff, but does he actually produce or? That's right. He is another. Okay, well, at least as far as hip hop goes, but I think that's about it. I mean, I think back to like Trevor Horn. I mean, he did the you know the Buggles, Yes, Art of Noise. I mean, that dude was insane. And, of course, I always go back to Rick Rubin, who, of course, you know, he could do anything from, let's say, hip-hop to metal. And, you know, he was pretty well-versed in shit. Like, I almost thought about bringing up Phil Spector. I'm like, well, maybe too soon. <laughs> Who's the dude that did <laughs> um, the Metallica Black album? Because I'm pretty sure he was the same guy that did uh, uh, Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi. Oh, shoot. Was that was that Rubin? If you want to like, keep wanna look talking, it up, I'll look it up like... on, on the... The, I was about the, to do the exact the device same thing. Here. So keep talking. Let me look this up. But um, the name I found was yeah, Bob that's, Rock. That's, I don't know. Yeah, because if you look, if you look, it says uh, Bob Rock, Aerosmith, The Cult, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue. So the dude, yeah, Holy yeah. shit. Wow, he's really. Uh, he definitely knows how to make a hit album. Brian Adams, but then you get weird ones like um, well, The Offspring are pretty good, but um. I don't remember Black Veil Brides. Like I know Our Lady Peace, the the Canadian band, but I don't know Black Veil Brides. Must be new. Yeah, what was that one? Uh, I saw you on Twitter. You were, did you see a concert recently? Like maybe last summer? Um, I saw a couple of shows last summer. Do you remember which one in particular? No, or? it was a newer band that I don't I don't follow. Uh, might be Coheed and That's Cambria. It. Yeah, what are they about? Um, they're all right. This is tough because I figured you're a Rush fan. But they're, I would say, I'm not going to say like they're the new Rush or anything like that, but I would say that's probably definitely one of their influences because I guess they're like a modern prog rock band. Do they have a big drum kit and big guitar? Or, or... Oh, it's tough. Like, I mean, yeah, because they've kind of got a big sound because, I mean, of course, I'm going to get really nerdy here and I might lose you, so I apologize. But yeah, they have like, you know, they're like a prog rock band, but I mean, every so often they'll make like a couple of like, you know, smaller pop songs, but each album ended up so that it's like a whole big concept. Like each album is actually a part of like this big sci-fi storyline. So, I mean, you have guys who could listen strictly for the music or if you want, you can actually listen for, you know, cause all the lyrics and like actual like riffs of songs are actually references to other things that happen in the story. And there's, you know, there's novels, there's comic books, there's a whole big thing behind it. Oh, so was it first, uh, First and uh, band, and then all the other stuff, or how did it work? I'm guessing the band came first, but then I guess the, I'm imagining from just from what I'm read, what I've been reading is that as he wrote the you know the first album, he realized that while it was sort of based on his personal life and his family, it's like the the sci-fi story is sort of allegorical, where it's meant to represent other things. Like for instance, the name of the whole saga is called Amory Wars, but then you find out that Amory is actually the name of the street he grew up on. I think it was like Amory Drive or something like that. So when listening to like the songs and the chorus from interviews, you start piecing together stories and references here and there. But from you know musically, I think you'd really dig them. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I mean, I, I've seen the name on the internet, so I haven't had a chance to 
the problem is now with music, the ra- back in the day, the radio stations is where you heard it. And now all the radio stations are oldies. And if they're not oldies, it's classic rock. So it's really hard to find new music. You really have to go and look for it. And a lot of times people don't have that. They have a busy life. You know, in the old days, you could just turn the radio on. Now you have to go out of your way to find new music. So, yeah, that'd be cool to check out some new bands. Oh, definitely. Um, Actually, I used to, well, I'd say used to, because I really haven't had time because of the podcast, but I actually did, like, a music blog of trying to find some, like, obscure underground stuff because that's an issue I've had. For instance, when I go into work, I have one I have one uh, co-worker who will always put on, like, let's say, Classic Q, like, which in our area, it's like our classic rock station. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my classic rock, but I've realized as far as, like, radio goes, a lot of the songs that I recognize are the same songs that have been on the radio for about 20, 30 years. Yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I love the stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, they'll always play the same singles from, like, for instance, when they... Um, on Tuesdays, they'll do like what they call two for Tuesday. You know, play two songs back to back. When they play Queen, it's always we are. The, um, it's always we will rock you fall by we are the champions. Which, of course, that's kind of how you normally have to do that. But Queen has countless, countless songs in their discography. Oh, absolutely. But it rarely goes past you know the standard. They never go into the deep cuts. And radio's kind of broken my heart about that a little bit. Yeah, back in the day, it used to be, you know, album rock, and they would, I mean, sometimes they would track the whole album, you know, front to back, and you're right, now it's just, you know, they just pick and choose. It's kind of sad, but... Yeah, it's at some point, that's got to change, so thankfully with the internet, and I'm not going to lie, a lot of that started with Napster, which, you know, I don't know how you feel about, it, you know, legal downloading and things like that, but had it not been for that program, I never would have found out about half the bands I'm into. No, I mean, I, I got mixed feelings on that. But you're right. You have to discover the music. And if the big and if the big corporations are not playing the indie stuff, how the hell are you supposed to hear about it? Or if they're not even playing the other stuff that's not indie, you know, how are you supposed to hear about it? So, you know. Well, in the case of Coheed and Cambria, they're kind of a really rare instance where they have a pretty strong cult following. But they rarely have they gotten radio play, at least not in this area. Occasionally you might get like a college station who might play one of the more popular tracks, but really you don't hear them on the radio. So I'd imagine it might be easier in a way because thanks to the internet you can maybe reach a bigger audience than you can with radio. But at the same time, it's it's strange that you know, you figure more people probably would check them out, but I don't know. There's, I don't even know what the numbers are. Do people really even listen to the radio as much? I don't know what it is in your area, but here I feel like it's sort of a dead scene. Yeah, I have no idea either. But, you know, I know the talk radio is still huge. But as far as the music, I don't, I don't, that's a good question. Because I know, I know a lot of people like Pasty Adam is into the satellite radio. So, yeah, that'd be a good thing to look into. I'm not, I'm not really sure about that. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff like I listen to musically, like I don't know if you check out Bandcamp at all, but Bandcamp was actually a really cool site. I mean, most of the stuff there is for you know, I guess a little bit more indie and unsigned stuff, but it's a pretty cool resource. But if you're more into the radio, you know, there's like Pandora and stuff like that, which is always kind of fun. Yeah, I check out the Pandora and the iHeart Radio. I haven't uh, actually paid for that. I just do the one that has uh, ad supported. So the problem with that is a lot of it. They have a limited, um, what's the other one, Spotify? Have you checked that one out? 
Spotify isn't bad. On their radio portion, which I guess is kind of like Pandora's, is a little lacking. I notice it repeats itself a lot. But one of the really good ones, which unfortunately seems to have sort of died off in the past couple of years, was Last FM. They were really good. Oh, yeah. What are, yeah, whatever just, happened to them? I got an email once about they had... It was something like I don't know I don't know if they were didn't want to pay for the licenses or maybe it got to be too much but basically it's like when you went on the last FM it would play YouTube clips of songs so let's say for instance Michael Jackson's Beat It whereas it used to play just a regular song you know from the album it would play either a live version of the song or like a cover from YouTube it wouldn't even play the original song half the time Yeah that that happens on No on that Pandora and that iHeartRadio too, they play some weird version of it, and I, yeah, I don't dig that. I guess they probably don't want to pay the money for the real. That's thing. probably you're right. That's absolutely what it is. And it's tough because I feel like you know we're always hearing stories about how music is you know or is so called dying and people are buying not buying albums, but vinyl sales went through the roof, whereas everything else went down. So clearly, someone's buying it still. Oh yeah, vinyl. I think the sales have been up forty percent. I know on our podcast, we had a vinyl giveaway, and huge people were really excited about it. Which was actually a really cool thing, and I think people are finally starting to realize now. I mean, hopefully it'll get to the point where maybe music exposure will go up, but, you know, the days of the MP3s where they were, it was, it was, MP3s were great, because again, there's nothing better than having, like, your full library on one device, but as, you know, getting older, and of course I'm turning into my father, where of course you have to have the big sound. If you're going to listen to music, you might as well listen to it in the best way possible and realizing that MP3 is not going to do it for you. Yeah, I think an uh, MP3 is like 95% c- compression. Uh, yeah, it's nuts. And then also the other thing that it, it, a lot of people don't know, most people now listen to music on earbuds or at best on some Beats headphones. They don't know what it's like to hear on like 12-inch woofers, you know, full speakers. Or, or they had these uh, these wireless Bluetooth speakers that they're not even stereo; they're mono. So, I mean, right there, I, they're, they're losing you know half of what it could be. And that's well, I've noticed though, um, at least as far as digital audio goes, they have loosened up a lot of the compression. I guess with the what they call the lossless files. Yeah how how um, how close are those? It's cl- I mean at the end of the day it's closer because I supposedly I heard it was full compression because I noticed like an album that's maybe five tracks ended up being like a gig of like almost two gigabytes worth of data but at the end of the day I can't really tell because I'm listening to that file much like I would an MP3 through the same headphones so you're still not getting the full experience so at the end of the day you're still kind of at a loss yeah absolutely and I and I told people too they don't know about uh, stereo separation, like if you're sitting in your room and you have the speakers lined up, you know, right and left channel and have it, you know, intersect where you're sitting. I mean, that's the way you're supposed to listen to it. But, you know, like I said, a lot of people just listen to them on cheap little earbuds or at best, you know, some headphones. And that's the thing, though. I mean, I don't know. Do you recommend or there any headphones you think are really good? Because I tried the Beats, and don't get me wrong, the bass on them is great if you're listening to, like, electronic music or hip-hop. But after a couple of months, like, they fell apart. Like, they couldn't hold up to the uh, the intensity. Which headphones do you use for the podcast? Honestly, like, I'm using, like, 
um, they're actually these headsets I got for uh, gaming. They're not even really stereo headphones, so I've got to like upgrade my equipment too. Maybe I should get on the Patreon market. Yeah, I like the the Sony headphones. Pretty much anyone in the music industry uses Sony, and they have a couple different models. But their monitor headphones are they're hundred percent uncolored, just the pure sound. They don't like you said they don't color the bass up. They're just exactly what it comes out of it. So. Uh, yeah, I like the Sony headphones the best. There was one headphone, um, it was actually Motorhead, because, of course, everybody got into their own headphone racket, but um, they actually had the brand called Motor Headphones, which were headphones that were kind of optimized for rock music, which was pretty cool. So it sort of balanced out a lot of the levels. But again, I don't know about you, but I kind of abuse my headphones. Like, I'll really put them to the paces, so nothing really holds up for me. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I that you're right. The balance, the the durability versus the sound quality has got to be tough too. So I think yeah, and and the other thing is too with the cord. Like a lot of times, the cord on these the cheaper ones, they 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 just can't handle that back and forth. They the wires just break and break inside, and yeah. So I know what you mean. Yeah. So at some point, I guess at the end of the day, that's probably the point where. If there were headphones that that good, you would never have to buy another pair. But and I gotta find something that actually holds up. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the Sony headphones, but headphones is just like everything else. It's very subjective. People like certain ones. They like like the Sennheiser. They like the you know Audio Technica, the Sony. I don't know. I'm a big fan of the Sony headphones. Yeah, because eventually the price is what ends up being a little prohibitive for me because I just know for a fact that there's nothing worse than because that was what killed me with Beats. They were almost, what, $200, and then the things crapped out, and it's like, well, they're out of warranty, so now what the hell do I do? So Sennheiser wasn't bad. I haven't had anything from Audio-Technica yet. Yeah, and the other thing with Sony, they're really affordable. They're like, you know, 100 bucks at the most, and they sound great. I also recommend having a little uh, headphone amp. I don't know if you ever played around with those. Oh, I heard you guys talking about them on an episode yeah. once. Um, so what, what's the deal with these? Because uh, help me out, because I'm I'm a little ignorant as far as these go. But they're uh, like I'm I'm trying to remember the one that uh, maybe I can actually grab it here. I think I have it hooked on my thing here. It's uh, this one's uh, F I I O, Fio or Fio. It's Japanese. And it's a tiny little thing. It's like the size of a, I don't know, pretty much about a book of matches. And it's got about a 10-hour battery on a USB. You charge it up, and it, it's got a little EQ in there. It's got like a flat response, a bass boost, and a treble boost. And it just opens up your headphones. I mean, it's amazing. Under 30 bucks, And, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. It'll take any fo- headphone and just... You know, because the thing is with amps, people think it's just the volume, but it's also the quality of the sound also. But yeah, yeah, I, de- I definitely right. recommend a headphone amp. And that's why I miss like the old school stereos, like my uh, mom's old turntable, of course, knowing and we, we were pretty nerdy, of course, but my dad was the same way. So depending on what album we were listening to, they knew exactly which levels to tweak the equalizer to get the full sound out of it. And it's just like, man, you know, unfortunately, when you do that for years, you start getting really snobby about it. Yeah, I am. Uh, I was always about pumping up the treble on that. I always like the hi-hat on the drums. And, you know, a lot of the purists just want everything out of flat response. But I'm, I don't know, I'm weird. A lot of people make fun of me. I even do it with the TV, too. I like to crank up the colors. And, you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, people, a lot of people have the, their phones. And that's the other thing that bugs me. They have this high-def, you know, this 
beautiful phone, but then they have the brightness turned down. And it, it's like, turn it up, man. I mean, you, you're not even seeing the potential of that screen, you know? Oh, believe me, I don't want to turn it up, though, but I don't know how your smartphone is, but I know if I turn up my brightness, I send out one tweet, that battery power is, like, dropping at least by 20 Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous, too. That's what I hate. I hate the phones where you got, oh, turn the Bluetooth off, turn the battery down, turn the brightness down. No, I I bought this expensive phone. I should be able to do whatever I want with it. <laughs> oh, so you're those guys on, like, on the, friggin', yeah. uh, on the train who's, like, yeah. blasting get, their Get phone. a battery that can handle it, then. And the other thing is, too, they make them so chintzy when you, you drop them and they break, you know. I want a phone when I drop it, it breaks things, not, you know, the phone break. <laughs> oh, well, you got to get the, uh, I feel like, oh, God, we're like this episode's so full of product placement. But um, I ended up buying an OtterBox for my um, my Galaxy. And it's a little, it was a little pricey, but at the same time, like, I dropped my phone. And you're right. It's like nothing happens to it. It's, it's well, that's amazing. the other thing, too. You got They make this phone. It's supposed to be, you know, really thin. But then you have to put it in a giant beaver box, like you said, and then it turns into this giant, you know, like a freaking, it's like a freaking <laughs> tablet. And no, I want the little thin phone. It's ridiculous. I refuse. Oh, shit. Oh, God. So I realized, though, like, you really are that guy that's on your, like, on your phone just blasting it through the speakers the whole time. I live life. <laughs> Oh, boy. I don't know how it is out there where you are, but here it's like, oh, people get crazy. You know what La Dolce Vita is? That's the sweet life. That's what I live. So you're not getting your phone smacked out of your hand on like on, on the way to work? Or I wish like they that. would. Well, I don't need to hear you on the news. I'm like, you know, beloved podcaster <laughs> Dags was <laughs> arrested after getting in a cell phone brawl. They wouldn't take me alive. Trust me. <laughs> all right. Well, we're kids like, all right, beloved <laughs> podcaster Dags was gunned down. Because... <laughs> Oh, no, I get really heated about that. Matter of fact, I was at a convenience store once um, buying something, and a guy I work with lived in the area, and he was in the same store. So while I'm online, he flicks the earbud out of my ear, and I almost swung at him. And I turn around, it's him, his wife, and his child there. And I'm like, oh, my God, I almost got in so much trouble. Wow. Yeah, me and my music, we're, uh, we're, we're inseparable. No, that's good. You don't sing really loud, though, do you, when you got your headphones on? Oh, it depends. Well, it, it goes by how many people are around. If it's one, I don't see, like, if there's nobody around, oh, I'm terrible. Like, I'm really just, like, I'm that guy who's trying to hit all the Getty Lee high notes. Oh, God, yeah. I don't even try. I could never get that falsetto. Neither could I, but it's just fun trying. It, it's it's worth losing your voice, too. It is. <laughs> Oh, man, Dax, it has been an absolute blast. Yeah, I want to do it again, dude. Oh, definitely. Um, But before we go, obviously, I'm always a fan of uh, Shameless Promotion, so please tell the good people where they can find you. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is available on iTunes, also on Stitcher Radio app. Also, please go to our website, www.amishbabymachine.com. Just go ahead and Google Amish Baby Machine, and then the rest of our uh, social media will come up. We're on Vine, Google, Google Plus, uh, you name it, we're on there. And I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on your show, man. It was awesome. No, oh, it's been a blast because, you know, I don't really get, unfortunately, I don't get a chance to geek out about music too much. So I'm like, you know what? I have to have them on. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely want to do it again. Uh, and uh, it's a great show tonight. I had a great time, and we'll see you guys real soon. All right, man. See you later. Thanks. Thanks a lot. And we will see you all next issue. 